Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Michaela Fry. I'm the very proud MLA for Brooks Medicine Hat, and I have to say I'm so excited to be here this morning. Uh, today comes as a, a very nice surprise for Medicine Hat as we are going to be announcing some programs that will change lives and continue the uh, continue our continuum of care, as well as provide support to those suffering with addiction. Um, as the MC for today, I was honored to introduce uh, some very important people behind me. As I said, I'm the very proud MLA for Brooks Medicine Hat, Michaela Fry. And behind me, I'm joined by Mayor Lindsay Clark, the Mayor of Medicine Hat, the Member of Parli for Parliament for Medicine Hat, Cardston Warner, uh, MP Glenn Motts, the uh, Ryan Oscar and Rick Armstrong from Our Collective Journey, Dr. Nathaniel Day, and Chief Mike Warden. So I want to kick things off this morning by turning things over to the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, who's come down here from Calgary today, the Honorable Mike Ellis. Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you, Michaela. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for having me. Um, you know, we have some very important announcements here, so I want to make sure that uh, I have everything, and the department was wonderful. They got a huge speech for me, and I, I certainly could. Uh, be like the premier and talk off the, the cuff here, but I think it's important that we get these announcements because uh, obviously uh, they're very important uh, to make sure that people in southern Alberta are aware of the, the great stuff that is going on down here. So so thank you, Michaela. Uh, thank you for all the work that you do. What an awesome representative you have out here in, in Medicine Hat and certainly the Brooks area as well. Um, I'm so happy to be here today in Medicine Hat uh, to announce more of the recovery-oriented supports to help people with their pursuit in recovery. This support comes at a much-needed time when addiction is taking the lives of far too many Albertans. This is concerning, and it is not in any way unique to Alberta. Uh, this is a problem that is being faced uh, not just in Canada, but in North America. This is an illness that is relentless, it's progressive, and it's far too often fatal. My heart goes out to all those who've lost, um, lost anyone to this illness. The reality uh, for so many is that addiction ends in one of three ways, jail, institutions, or death. But the other side of the coin, I stand here today with some people who have found recovery from addiction, and, and that's worth celebrating. And there are so many stories out there here in Alberta of celebrations of people who have found that journey to recovery. And the reality of recovery is the difference it makes in people's lives. People who are supported in their pursuit of recovery don't succumb to their addiction. Rather, they go on to reconnect with their family, rediscover purpose and meaning in life, and ultimately give back to their community. It's important now, more than ever, that we remain committed to expanding access to treatments for many people in Alberta, and as many people as possible. And that's exactly what we're doing. So just recently, we have made significant advancements in our treatment capacity. Uh, we've been hard at work eliminating barriers uh, to a range of services. Uh, two years ago, we announced that we would be funding an additional 4,000 treatment spaces. And two, two years ahead of schedule, we've actually doubled that commitment and funded over 8,000 additional uh, annual treatment spaces. That means that over 8,000 more Albertans every year can access residential detox, treatment, and recovery services. These spaces have no more user fees. That's a game changer. Completely eliminating financial barriers to treatment. 
We recently expanded the virtual opioid dependency program and began fully covering the costs of Sublocade for Albertans. Again, another game changer in this province. Sublocade uh, lasts in a person's system for 30 days and provides stabilization, reducing cravings, and significantly enhancing protection against overdose. This move has been described as uh, a very important advancement in addiction medicine and is available to any Albertan, regardless of their circumstances, cir circumstances uh, same day, no matter where you live. You can access this life-saving medication by calling the Virtual Opioid Dependency Program. And we're not doing this alone. The government and our partners, such as police, EMS, fire, and not-for-profits, are working together with a common goal to give Albertans the opportunity to access treatment and enter recovery. To anyone out there who is struggling with addiction, know that treatment works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible for everyone, and everyone deserves an opportunity to recover. And that's our goal, and that is what we're fighting for each and every day. So when it comes to the harms that are caused by addiction, it is no secret that opioid-related fatalities are the most acute addiction-related harm occurring in our communities today. What many people don't know is that 70% of opioid-related fatalities actually happen in private residences. In order to reduce the harm caused by opioids and save lives, we partnered with the Alberta-based AWARE360, and STARS monitoring to create the Digital Overdose Response System, or what is commonly known as DOORS. The DOORS app is free, it's confidential, and anonymous. Uh, and it's an anonymous app that can be downloaded to any smartphone. It can be used to monitor someone who is using substances, uh, connecting them with STARS, monitoring, and ultimately emergency medical services if they do indeed overdose. Part one of today's announcement is that starting today, the Doors app is available for download and use across Southern Alberta, including right here in Medicine Hat. This also includes surrounding communities such as Irvine, uh, Rat, uh, Redcliffe, as well as Bow Island, and many more. Overdose happens at home. So if your loved one, someone you know, or yourself are at risk of overdose, download the app and visit doorsapp.ca for more information. The DOORS uh, system is just one innovative approach we're taking to improve uh, access to a range of recovery-oriented services right here in Alberta. Another program we've been very excited to bring to Medicine Hat is a partnership between the Medicine Hat Police Service and the Virtual Opioid Dependency Program, or commonly known as VODP. In December, Alberta became the first jurisdiction in Canada to have police offer immediate access to addiction treatment for people who are arrested. We began in Calgary, and as well as Edmonton, and we're already seeing significant uptake uh, in those centers. By partnering with the Virtual Opioid Dependency Program, anyone who enters municipal cells in Medicine Hat will have immediate access to the addiction medicine uh, team and, the, of course, the folks at VODP. They will be able to access evidence-based addiction uh, treatments, uh, medications like uh, Suboxone, and the newly announced uh, sublocate before they leave cells. Uh, these treatments uh, minimize opioid withdrawal symptoms and cravings. The virtual opioid dependency program is not only available in cells, though. Any Albertan, anywhere in the province, can get the same-day access to addiction treatment with the virtual opioid dependency program.
It's essentially treatment on demand, which is a game changer again, not just here in Alberta, but something that other jurisdictions are looking at the leadership of Alberta as to what we are doing. The program can be accessed by calling toll-free 1-844-383-7688, seven days a week. And last but not least, I'm also very excited to announce that Alberta's government is providing a total of $825,000 to our friends here at Our Collective Journey over the next three years. Our Collective Journey, who I've had an opportunity to meet before, uh, and their team have shown that they are willing to do whatever it takes to support people struggling with mental health and addiction in the pursuit of recovery. And we're very proud of the work that you guys do there. Alberta's government believes uh, strongly uh, in the power of peer support, shared experience, when someone is pursuing recovery. Connecting with uh, others who have similar stories uh, helps people find similarities and achieve their goals. This is what the group at Our Collective Journey is doing, and we're very proud to continue supporting their work. So in conclusion, thanks to everyone at the Medicine Hat Police Service for hosting us here today for tip participating in these life-saving programs. And as a former police officer myself, I know how important police are to ensuring that Albertans are supported in their pursuit of recovery. I've worked with countless men and women who have decided to change their lives for the better when interacting with the police. The reality is that we can keep our community safe, we can treat addiction as a healthcare issue, and we don't have to choose between the two. So thank you again, and I'll now uh, pass the podium on to Mayor Lindsay Clark to come up and say a few words. Welcome, Mayor. Thank you very much. Um, we are very grateful uh, to the province for these added supports into our community. This has been a very difficult couple of years for everyone. Um, and when you layer in trauma, financial issues, isolation, family issues, it's pretty easy to see why so many people in our community are struggling and in need of help. Um, there isn't, just like recovery itself, there isn't going to be one quick fix. Uh, there's no one-size-fits-all solution. Um, but we need to work together to incrementally progress towards uh, back to a healthy community and we all play a role. It's all of our responsibility to restore the health of our community. We all can contribute in some way. So um, again, I appreciate these added supports and um, look forward to uh, continued problem solving and solution finding around these critical issues. Thank you. Um, I am going to introduce Dr. Day. Good morning. Uh, Albertans can be really pleased and proud to know that Alberta is leading the way with respect to access to evidence-based treatment for opioid addictions. Today, any Albertan can call 1-844-383-7688, no matter where they live, and they'll be immediately connected with a healthcare professional who will compassionately and carefully guide that person through the next steps of their care and we will be able to help that person start evidence-based treatments 
that very same day. This program that is available to every single Albertan is envied across jurisdictions in North America and is being looked at by international jurisdictions. And it's something that we can be very pleased with and proud of. Now, of course, it's not the only piece of the puzzle, and there are lots of things that still need to be done. We know that 50% of people who die of opioid overdoses have had a touch point with police services uh, or with corrections in the year before they died. And so here we are. Because of that, to increase access to treatment, evidence-based gold standard treatment for everybody when they're accessing uh, services or where they're required to access services here at the Medicine Police, uh, Medicine Hat Police Service. We piloted this uh, starting in December, and uh, since December, we have had over 200 people, think about that, 200 people say, I want help, I need help today. And we were able to compassionately and effectively get them started on treatment where uh, their withdrawal symptoms are relieved. They're able to see that the medications can be effective for them. And we're able to help them bridge care so that they can move on to the next steps in their care and towards their recovery journey. I am so pleased to stand here with the Medicine Hat Police Service. First responders care for people they are in direct contact with people who are struggling every day. They are at the front lines of the addiction epidemic. The virtual opioid dependency program will work with Medicine Hat Police to help people suffering with opioid withdrawal get this evidence-based treatment so that they can compassionately and appropriately get relief of their suffering right then in the moment and have the option to start a life-changing journey of recovery. I'm also very pleased that the DOORS app is now available here in your community. Anyone who is using should download the app and use it. It is saving lives. Albertans also have access to the injectable treatment medication Sublocade, which resolves withdrawal, reduces cravings, and can reduce overdose risk. If you are using opioids, call the Virtual Opioid Dependency Program or see your local provider Medication options like Sublocade can save your life. Of course, there's much yet to do. Chances are that you know someone who has lost a loved one to opioids. We can compassionately and safely help those experiencing the grind of addiction find meaningful recovery, hope, and healing. It's happening every day all across Alberta. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Day. Your passion for this program has just been outstanding. The work you've, you've done with us is, is uh, second to none. They've been able to get us into a, a place where we can participate in this program. So I would start out this morning introducing myself. My name is Mike Ward, and I am the Chief of the Medicine Hat Police Service. Today, I'm pleased to be part of this joint announcement with the Government of Alberta declaring our participation in the Virtual Opioid Dependency Program, as well as an introduction of the Digital Overdose Response System app and funding for a local community-based mental health and addictions recovery organization, our collective journey. Over the past 14 months, the City of Medicine Hat has experienced an alarming increase in the number of overdose situations, many of them leading to tragic outcomes from opioid and other forms of drug use. In 2021, 38 Medicine Hat citizens 
lost their life to drug overdose. This is a tragedy and something that we as a community need to collectively come together with solutions to address. The Virtual Opioid Dependency Program is a harm reduction, evidence-based medication treatment that will soon be offered to individuals who are brought into our custody and voluntarily choose treatment to help them tackle their struggle with addiction. Providing health-based safe options for these members of our community is something we all have a responsibility to endorse and support, allowing us to play a part in a compassionate approach to those suffering with addiction. The Digital Over Overdose Response System app and funding for our collective journey are also additional and valuable health care focused initiatives intended to help stop the suffering in our community. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Minister Ellis and the governmental, uh, Government of Alberta supporting, for supporting uh, solutions to this health care crisis. Thank you. And I think Rick, you're up next. Hello, uh, I'm Rick Armstrong. I'm the executive director of our collective journey. Uh, we're a nonprofit that formed here locally in October of 2020. Um, and I would like to start by thanking Minister Ellis and MLA Fry's support in uh, helping fund our, fund our uh, objectives here. So some quick history. We've, um, over the course of the last approximately year and a half, we've helped support just under 300 local people in our community to help navigate to um, a, a position of recovery as opposed to addiction. Um, we, we've introduced the community to a recovery coach program um, that follows the recovery-oriented system of care that's put forth by the province. Um, out of those 280-some residents that we've helped support, I think it's really important to focus on these. These are people that we know in our community. These are our friends, our family, our children, our parents. Um, these aren't faceless people that are losing their battle every day. So I think it's very important that we um, come together. And, and thankfully now with the support of the province, we'll be able to increase that number and sustain that for years to come. So thank you very much. The, before we get started, and I don't want to put uh, Member Parliament Motts on the uh, on the uh, on the hot seat, but it's politics, right? So, uh, I, look, I think everybody uh, needs to know. We thank uh, Member Parliament Motts for for being here, and for those that do not know, he certainly was a member of the uh, Medicine Hat Police Service for many many years. Um, and sir, I just want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for everything you're doing in Ottawa. And if you'd like to take a moment here, uh, I think it'd be appreciated. Mr. Ellis, uh, MLA Fry, uh, Mayor Clark, Dr. Day, uh, Chief Warden, uh, thanks for the, in, for the invite and it's great to be here. Um, I'm really impressed. Uh, when I was policing here, um, you know, with some of the members that are in the back, we had an opioid crisis for a long time. We had an overdose crisis for a long time. And where I was looking for solutions to solve that. And this is one of them. It's not the only one that'll be. It's not the only one that can be. But it is one of them. And we're always thinking about how can we involve community to help community. And this is, this is an example of that. So good for you for stepping up to the plate, uh, government. We always get, uh, we always get heat uh, you know, for, for not doing enough, and sometimes it's warranted. And here is an example of, of uh, how communities can work together. And I'm looking forward to the impact this have on, has on people's lives locally and in the region. I'm looking forward to seeing how this can be expanded beyond the borders of Alberta and can help um, save the lives of Canadians. So thank you. 
Thanks, and with that, we're going to go to uh, questions from media. So we've got some reporters in the room here today. So we'll start uh, in the room. We've got the mic just over uh, on the other side here. So if you don't mind, just a reminder to uh, introduce yourself and who your question is directed towards. Uh, all reporters will get one question and one follow-up. So with that, I'll turn it over. Uh, we'll just start with Mike. My name is James Tubb with uh, Medicine Hat News. We'll just start with uh, Mike. How would, uh, much pride do you get that Alberta is one of the first provinces uh, leading the way and battling the opioid crisis with a response like this? Well, thank you very much for the question. You know, um, when, when, I was, when I was in uh, opposition, and this goes back to my time when I was, um, uh, shortly before that, I uh, transitioned from law enforcement, obviously, into politics, and I uh, don't need to tell the whole story, but I, I, I end up in, in opposition. Um, and I still was in contact with uh, friends in the Calgary Police Service, including colleagues of, of Chief Wardens. And, um, you know, uh, at that time, which is really five, six years ago, uh, all of a sudden uh, we get warned of this fentanyl. And uh, when I was on the street, um, working the street, OxyContin was the, really the drug of choice, as I'm sure with most of the, the members uh, here. And, you know, OxyContin was a drug that, that really... You know, it, it caused um, a lot of harm to people. And uh, fentanyl was, as the way I've described it, and I've described it in the legislature as well, it's, it's like a game of uh, Russian roulette, right? You, sometimes you get high, but sometimes you die, which is what makes it so, so deadly, right? Um, so I was very proud to have the first bill, not just in Alberta, but in, in Canada, to just begin the journey to address the issue. Um, I still stand by what I said even years ago. There is no one single solution to this problem. It is going to take a community. Um, it is a multi-pronged approach. It is just a very, very challenging and complex issue. I'm proud that we have a government that has stepped up, um, not just with money, but with a plan. Um, and that is what is known as what is known as the recovery-oriented system of care. I think all too often in the past, it's been very simple for governments to, uh, you know, dole out uh, some grant money and to say, you know, you know, thank you very much and good luck to you and I hope you can help some people. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good people that do great things, but really, and, and any of the law enforcement folks in the, the room here will understand this, it's about creating a system and a system that is consistent throughout um, uh, not just you know, throughout Medicine Hat, but throughout Alberta. And that system of care is, I'm hoping, to be a, a role model that other jurisdictions can look at and say, this is a, a pathway to trying to really start to address this very complex problem. And Do you think an app, an app and a response like this can go towards ending the stigma around opioids and uh, addictions? Well, yeah. I mean, sadly, a lot of the a lot of the folks in um, you know, as we indicated, seventy percent of the people uh, die of overdose or do overdose in their homes. Um, they're kind of, even though they're the majority, they're kind of the forgotten folks, right? Because you know, most people, as the public, you know, they see you know vulnerable people uh, downtown areas, whether it be Calgary, Medicine, it doesn't matter where it is. But that seems to be the, um, you know, what people see as the opioid uh, crisis or the illness of addiction, rather. Um, but when, in fact, you have people that have actually what is known as, um, uh, you know, very, very high recovery capital that are at home. So that means those are the folks that 
maybe still have family, haven't you know, lost their job, but they still have the illness of addiction. So, you know, everybody, everybody who is an addict, and there are many actually that, that are in this room right now, will tell you that they will all have that one moment where they say, I need some help. So we're making sure that if they choose to uh, use um, you know, an opioid, uh, that the, the available, because the number one thing is we don't want them to die, right? So having that app available to ensure another mechanism to help ensure that somebody doesn't die, get the EMS response, and then we also have to make sure that we have the supports available through detox, treatment, and recovery so that people can live their lives again, so people can get back to um, their family and, and their children. And, we've, and any, any, was, any one of us law enforcement first responders in this room can tell you stories. Thank you. Thanks. Another question from the room. Tegan Rasha with Chat News, and this question is for you. Sure. Now that it's going to be so much easier for people to get help and just piloting the project alone, there's been 200 people asking for help. What has the government done to have the additional resources available in case a big rush of people start reaching out soon? Well, I mean, we're, we're always uh, adaptable. I think that's part of being a, um, maybe that's part of uh, my role as a former law enforcement officer in that particular position. We have to be willing to adapt to any given situation, but you know, uh, Dr. Day, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's happy to comment further on this, but, um, you know, he can tell you about those numbers, not just um, in the, the cells, but, but quite frankly, um, that 1-800 number is for everyone in Alberta. And he could probably talk to you about, um, you know, how, how the numbers are regarding the response and, and how they're able to adapt. But my understanding, and Dr., you can supplement here, but we've been able to accommodate the everything so far and, and are willing to you know, expand on that, but go ahead and supplement. Yeah, so I really appreciate the question because it's obviously very important that we don't make promises to Albertans that we can't keep. So uh, we were, uh, we received expansion funding from the province of Alberta as part of our rollout of the pilot communities in uh, Edmonton and Calgary, as well as some uh, RCMP sites. And, uh, and so we've, we've been able to work up to the, uh, the numbers of people who are seeking care, and we're confident that we can uh, meet the needs of, uh, of uh, the folks who are in cells in Medicine Hat, for sure. Uh, Alberta's VODP has been uh, working out uh, how to actually meet the needs of Albertans for a number of years now. And uh, amazingly, if we look at the last quarter, uh, the, the virtual opioid dependency program, from an AHS point of view, has completed anywhere between 80 and 93%, I think, of all opioid uh, medication starts uh, for AHS in all of Alberta. And so we have a robust team that's able to meet the needs of people and, uh, and to deal with volumes. So 100% agree we need to be able to meet those needs, and we are meeting those needs. In uh, January alone, we were able to help uh, just under 500 people in total actually get started on treatment, uh, which it's, it's, ast it's astonishing. Sometimes I, th I think back to the early days when our, our program first rolled out as a pilot, recognizing that in rural Alberta, there was miserable access to evidence-based evidence treatment. And, and we looked at that and we said, look, this, this just isn't good enough. It's not fair to communities... Uh, to smaller sized communities and rural communities to say, if you want to have evidence-based care, you need to travel to Edmonton or Calgary. Uh, how, how in, in one of the best funded health systems in the world, 
How could we say that to our community members? So we have worked really hard to be able to meet people where they're at, and now actually on top of helping all of rural Alberta and all smaller communities, we also have now been asked to help in the urban communities as well, in Edmonton and Calgary, to meet the needs of people right then and there, to get them started with evidence-based treatment, and then help them bridge their care, because it isn't just about a start. It's also about ongoing care, and it's also about transitional care. So to be able to help that person, perhaps who started in treatment in cells, who then goes to the remand center, is there for a couple of weeks, and then comes out of the remand center, to make sure that we still pick up their care, and we still connect them with an appropriate local provider, or if there isn't an appropriate local provider, to actually meet their ongoing care needs for as long as they need us. Because it, it isn't okay for us to be creating these system gaps. We have to be meeting people where they're at, and we have to be able to, be, we have to, be able to meet their needs right then and there. Okay, thank you. And did you have a follow-up? Uh, this one would be for Rick. Hello. Uh, hello. What, kind of, what will this money allow you guys to do, and how will it allow you to help the community even more? Um, the, the hopes are expanding that we'll be able to expand the recovery coaching program. Um, being a nonprofit, probably half of our attention is focused on fundraising. So this will enable us to take the focus off of solely fundraising and really direct it back to the community. Um, we're hoping to bring online up to six more recovery coaches locally that will be able to support our local community. And, and in turn, you know, the ripple effect of, like I said, you know, with 280-some people, that's just the people. But the thing about addiction is it doesn't in impact individuals. It impacts families and communities. And uh, the ripple effect of that is going to be significant. So we, we've managed to do that with only three or four people kind of as we've ramped up. So this will bring us to probably 10. So we'll be able to significantly increase our capacity to, again, kind of help deal with the capacity Im influx that, uh, that some of the other programs announced today will create. Thanks. Thanks so much. We're going to uh, go to the phones. Operator, can you please put through the first caller? Thank you. The first question is from Carlisle Fizet, CTV. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, my question is for Minister Ellis. Um, earlier you mentioned there's no one solution to the opioid crisis that's affecting people. It's um, as deadly as ever, according to recent uh, numbers in uh, Edmonton and Alberta. Um, December was the deadliest month ever yeah. for opioid overdoses. Um, if there's no one solution, one, one thing I haven't heard is supervised consumption sites. I don't think that's been mentioned at all here. Um, advocates say that that would save lives if someone's using at home, if they were using a supervised consumption site, their odds of a fatal overdose are dramatically lower. Does the UCP government believe there's a role for supervised consumption sites in this uh, overall plan to bring down opioid deaths? Uh, yes, um, I've uh, been very clear and on the record saying that supervised consumption sites or uh, overdose prevention sites are part of the continuum of care. And um, that's why, in, just as an example, in, in, in Calgary, I mean, we're expanding from uh, the, the one that is there to two. So uh, we take all of these on a case-by-case -case, uh, uh, basis, as we have indicated. Uh, we're, but, um, yeah, there is absolutely a role to play. Thanks. And did you have a follow-up? Well, yeah, and similarly, just one to two in Calgary, is there any wider plan than that? That seems like a pretty marginal increase compared to what is a pretty dramatic increase in opioid deaths lately. Well, well I don't... I, again, this is this is a very complex problem. And, and you know, I think, I think he, people need to understand um, an addict. 
and people need to understand the illness uh, of addiction. Again, as I mentioned earlier, sure, you see folks that you would in downtown areas of urban municipalities, and that is the, the, what your visual is of an addict. But as I've indicated, 70% of addicts um, actually are overdosing in homes. So they have this high recovery capital. They're not the people that you see on the streets. And again, to understand an addict is to understand that the desire to consume that narcotic is not something that allows them to think and act rationally. And I think that there's a bit of a misconception on that. And that's why when they do obtain that particular drug of choice or whatever it is, it's a matter of consuming it right away. And typically what we see is that they consume it at home and they consume it alone, which is why it's so important to have the availability and that we let everybody know that there is this app available. In, regarding to, in regards to uh, the folks in the downtown areas, yes, we make sure that we have, those are the people that don't have homes, so we have to make sure that there is uh, access for them. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're doing. In fact, the, the one, sorry, bring up Calgary here, this is about Medicine Hat, but for example, in Calgary, that's why we're moving those uh, prevention, those overdose prevention sites uh, closer to those who are most vulnerable, as opposed to having them do a, 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 a trek out, um, you know, to, to, you know, we want to make it so that, that it is there, it's available, and that they know, because I've said this many times before, in fact, in the legislature, is that you, you cannot negotiate with somebody who's high or trying to get high. And we do have a responsibility to ensure that that person doesn't die. So having that uh, access for that person, especially for those vulnerable people in the downtown areas, is very important. Thanks. Operator, can you please put through the next caller? Lisa Johnson, Edmonton Journal. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, I'm curious, Minister, if you can break down or translate those 8,000 uh, new spaces you mentioned earlier into a more precise number of beds. Based on what you said at estimates earlier this week, you mentioned the number 2,840 beds, and I noticed that AHS's annual report in 2021 lists those 2,840 beds dedicated to addiction and mental health. But in the 2018-2019 annual report, it lists 2,772. So that's just an increase of 68 beds. Could you break that down and uh, help me clarify that? Sure. I'm sure somebody uh, from my office is happy to reach out to you and break down specifically those numbers. It's not numbers that I would have offhand at a press conference uh, for, for Medicine Hat. But I will say this, when we did announce the 8,000 spaces um, with, uh, with Premier uh, Kenny, we provided uh, all the media very, very detailed lists as to all of those spaces. And uh, again, I'm sure Eric uh, from my office is happy to reach out to you to go over uh, all the details that you require. Thank you. And Lisa, did you have a follow-up on that? Yeah, no, we, we still don't have a precise breakdown of, of the beds versus spaces. And I understand that a, one bed can uh, translate into multiple spaces throughout the year for several people. But um, my follow-up is related to the My Recovery Plan system. Uh, the Premier mentioned it in December and said that it would be rolling out in the spring. Um, you've also talked about what that system might be able to help do in terms of uh, tracking data and helping people uh, 
get through long wait lists to get into treatment and recovery um, and perhaps track uh, relapse rates. Can you tell me when exactly that's going to roll out? The premier said it would roll out in the spring. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wish I had a better answer for you. We're sort of working with AHS uh, to make sure that this is rolled out. Um, um, I'd like it sooner rather than later, um, but um, I don't have a specific time for you. Uh, again, I, I would say that uh, maybe Eric, when he follows up with you, might have a better uh, answer for you. Um, let me just uh, say this in regards to my recovery plan. Uh, I think it's, you know, look, when I talked about earlier that there was no system in place, there was no system in place. In fact, many of our folks who have the illness of addiction would put themselves on three, four, or five lists, quite frankly. So we really didn't have an accurate account as to um, how many people actually were trying to, uh, um, you know, access uh, treatment uh, or recovery. And so uh, with the My Recovery Plan, we're able to then uh, narrow those numbers. So we actually are going to have some information, uh, which is great. I mean, uh, actual data that will assist us in figuring out how many people um, uh, are going to be on a list so that we can get them the necessary treatment that they need. Thanks so much. An operator, can you please put through the next caller? Chris Chacon, Global News. My question is for uh, Minister Ellis. Uh, just hoping to get your reaction over, you know, new data released showing that more than 1,700 Albertans died of drug poisoning deaths in 2021. That's hundreds more compared to 2020. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. And then also critics are saying... Um, you know, the government is getting wrong by pursuing these recovery-oriented systems rather than life-saving harm reduction services. I'd just like to get your take on that, please. Mm. Well, sure. I'd also uh, love Dr. Nathaniel Day to supplement my comments here as somebody who um, is an expert, actually, in addiction medicine, so I'm sure that he'll have a, a few comments as well. But, you know, as I indicated before, people have, people have a right to access treatment. People have a right to access recovery. Um, you know, like we cannot keep people. The answer is not more drugs. The answer is not keeping people in a perpetual state of pain and suffering, right? We have to make sure that resources are available to ensure that people get the help that they need. So you talk about those numbers. Yeah, they're bleak, but they're bleak everywhere not just in Canada, but they're bleak in North America. And it's, it's really unfortunate. And that's why we're doing something, right? Um, sure, the activists may not be happy with what we're doing, um, but I, I would make the argument here that, that uh, nobody, as the Premier has mentioned, looks at the east side of Vancouver and says, why? They got, they got their act together. They, they know what they're doing there. It, they don't. It's, it's, very, it's very bleak, and it's bleak everywhere. In fact, their numbers in Vancouver itself are, are disproportionately higher than it is here in, in Alberta. But we have a plan, and we have a plan to help people. We want to make sure that access is available for anyone, no matter where they look, no matter how they turn, that whether detox, treatment. And you know what? And for those people that aren't ready for, uh, for treatment or recovery... Again, as I indicated to you before, or indicated to one of your colleagues before, uh, overdose prevention sites, supervised consumption sites, that's part of the continuum of care. We have to make sure that people aren't dying, right? Um, but I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Day to supplement. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank, thanks for the question. And of course, uh, nobody's happy with the uh, real people who are dying of overdoses uh, all across North America, including in Alberta. Uh, and, and in fact, there, as, as you know, there's a tremendous amount of work being done to build a system where people can easily navigate into the supports and resources that they need in order to be well. We know that COVID has contributed to this problem. So we see, you know, if we look at the data, uh, the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, there resulted in a dramatic increase in overdose deaths. The data that just came out uh, reflects uh, November and December of uh, this last year, which uh, certainly uh, was impacted by uh, Delta and Omicron waves. We, in our own program, have tracked uh, very substantial differences in the uh, drugs people are using and reporting to us when they're coming in during COVID versus before COVID. So we know that there's some complicating factors to it. You described life-saving harm reduction interventions, and I would uh, like to also frame uh, recovery treatment as life-saving as well. So let's not forget about the thousands of people who enter recovery and receive treatment whose lives are saved. Uh, and, and so there, there sometimes is this false dichotomy that it's one or the other, and it isn't. The fact of the matter is, is in the last couple of weeks, I've been down to a couple of different uh, SCSs and overdose prevention sites to see the staff and to talk about how our program is better able to meet their needs and the needs of their clients and how we can work well together. Because the fact of the matter is we're serving the same people. And it behooves us as healthcare providers, regardless of where we work, to make sure that our system is meeting the needs of real people and not getting caught up into arguments about what might be best for one person versus best for another person. Let's meet people where they're at. Let's give them the supports and services that they need so that they can have healthy, productive, happy lives, the, the lives, the recovery that they want. And on top of that, I would add, that there is very, very strong evidence in the medical literature going back 60 years that confirms that opioid agonist therapy, which we are providing with no wait list, median wait time of zero days, it's, we're the only place in the world that I know of where we can say that, that there is a very firm foundation of medical evidence that supports treatment as we're offering it. It is life-saving. It is life-changing. And uh, we need to continue to find ways to meet people where they're at so that they can receive evidence-based care across the spectrum of what our system can offer. And Chris, did you have a follow-up? Yeah, just one more question. You know, harm reduction advocates saying, you know, recovery communities are good, but the problem is, is that people aren't making it there. You know, they're dying of overdose, you know, deaths. Uh, why isn't there more of a focus on, you know, maybe fixing bad drug supplies or, or even just it seems like there's, there's less of a focus towards supervised consumption sites? Just hoping you can, you can kind of address the, you know, the you know, people not being able to get there. Well, I would probably counter that argument. I, I think people are getting there. I, I would argue that that's why we, you know, we have the, the – you know, the wait list that we're trying to address, that we have the, you know, 4,000 spaces that we're able to double to 8,000 spaces. Um, that's why, uh, you know, Dr. Day was having this, you know, huge uptake 
uh, in people uh, for VRP, the, the evidence-based medication. Um, we talk about our friends in our, our collective journey and many of our other uh, friends in the not-for-profit organizations uh, for the recovery coaches. I mean, these are, these are people with lived experience that uh, understand the important, importance of uh, detox and treatment and recovery and ensuring that these uh, folks uh, are actually getting uh, the help that they need. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, again, this is a very, very complex problem. And you know, I agree with the doctor here. There, there's no one single solution to this, right? And it is not one or the other. And if you, 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 you brought it up, you, re, you brought up safe supply. I mean, I would, I would encourage you to take a look at the, uh, the testimony from the folks who testified at the Select Special Committee on Safe Supply and, um, and, and hear what they had to say. These are experts that are not just in Canada, but experts from uh, all over uh, North America, uh, from Harvard, from Stanford, uh, I think one of the doctors was even, uh, you know, provided um, advice to three different presidents. Yeah, sure. He, Dr. Dave. Uh, I'd also appreciate the chance to supplement on this in that the DOORS app, which is now expanded to southern Alberta and is available in Edmonton and Calgary, provides a critical service that supervised consumption sites provide which is the supervision and monitoring of someone who's continuing to use precisely for the purpose of saving their life. So I, again, as I said in my remarks previously, I strongly encourage anybody who is, is listening to this or reading about this in the paper tomorrow, if you're using opioids, download the Doors app, look at it. It is confidential. It's anonymous. And it can reach you in your home where if you're using, it can activate EMS and EMS can come and professionally uh, rescue you in the event of an overdose. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. This is the, the Doors app and the expansion of the Doors app to Southern Alberta is a critical piece of this. It's bringing essentially a portion of supervised consumption to every street to every home, to every hotel room. This is allowing people access to a service that can literally save their lives. So let's get the message out there. Let's make sure that everybody knows. If, if you're not using drugs yourself, but you know someone who's using, tell them about the Doors app, ask them to download it, ask them to use it, because it literally can save their life. Thanks, everyone. That's all the time that we have today. Uh, if there are any outstanding questions, uh, you, reporters can follow up with me directly. Thanks so much.